0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Live Line. I just that last ad there for alone is where we are going uh, in our first few calls on Liveline today because um, you might have uh, read Keith Dokin's article in the Irish Times on uh, the weekend and indeed it's off the back of a EU survey which said that Ireland, Irish people on average are the loneliest people in all of Europe. Now, that dovetails into all the Christmas ads that are out at the moment. You know, Super Value, Doom of the Deer, Kevin DeCard, Naldi, Michael Bublé, doing the Asda ad. Can you imagine how much that cost? The big budget ads for Dunn's and the Tesco's and the whole uh, shebang. And then the big one in the UK, of course, is the John Lewis ad, which apparently costs 800 trillion, billion, zillion, million to make. Um, and this year is about some plant or something that eats children and Alfie is his name. Anyway, we'll be talking about... But the one that's that's raking up the numbers over the weekend was made above an end of Skillen. Una Bournes, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, great. Una, can you reveal the budget of your uh, uh, your Christmas ad for Charlie's Bar in Enniskillen? Of course it to wasn't. The, to the nearest, to the nearest 100,000. It's 700 pound, <laughs> just under actually. And can you can you reveal the number of cameras you use filming this incredible ad uh, for Charlie's yeah, Brad and Ennis Gillen? One iPhone camera. <laughs> it's up now. It's everywhere. I've I've tweeted it in the last few minutes at Joe Liveline at RT Liveline. Have you? It's it's got many million views at this stage, Una. Can you even keep up with it? To be honest, I my phone has been off the hook. We've got so many news channels in here in the bar at the minute. I haven't even checked, but I know this morning someone had told me it was on over seven million on TikTok or wow. sorry on Twitter alone. So tell us about the ad. It's a beautiful ad, and it's about loneliness. Who 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 came yeah. up with the idea? The actual script, if you follow me. Um, that was me. It was based basically just on what I've seen over the years, and unfortunately, at Christmas time, that is what we see is the loneliness and people who have unfortunately got a tough time. And that was why it was important for me in the video to get that message across. Sometimes what we see on TV is all about the presence and the the joy. And that is certainly part of it. But um, particularly on Christmas Day, I know it's something we would witness is those who are on their own and maybe going home to a house on their own. Mm -hmm. And Um, we wanted this really to be a gentle reminder just to be kind. And, um, and you know, how many months did it take you to make the ad? Uh, we did it in one day, <laughs> and then there was there was a bit added, and Eva Teague did a um, fabulous job of adding it and filming it. Uh, so all together, it was probably a couple of days. And did you have to get permission to 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 uh, cordon off the main street at Enniskillen for your big crew? No, we didn't. And the crew, some of them were drafted in on the day as we were filming. Um, some willing volunteers that were crossing the street. Um, so, yeah, it was very much a team effort by everybody. And Una, where, where the auditions? Were they tough on people? No, we didn't. It was, there wasn't much of an audition process that took place. There was none at all. But showing, watching that, I don't think they needed it. Okay, because um, the ad is, you played the, the, the main character, has he got a, he doesn't have a name in the ad as such, but we'll call him Charlie, yeah. will we? Yeah, I, I go know. Ahead. We, I, we'll talk. We'll talk to him in real life in a few minutes. And he's an older man, and he leaves his house, and he's he shuffles along uh, with his walking stick, and uh, people kind of pass by him and ignore him. And he's a bunch of flowers, which he puts on a grave uh, in Enniskillen, I presume. And we presume by the the look on his face that it's probably his partner, his wife, who died. <laughs> Um, what's going on there, Una? Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, and <laughs> now what's going the, on? Now what's going on okay. in the background in Charlie's bar? The, the, the pub is pretty busy. <laughs> so anyway, he goes down, then he walks down through the town, kind of head head down. He's crazy. He's a cap on him, and then uh, this couple. Who were that couple? The 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 young, good-looking couple, as the fella said. They're they're actually customers of the bar. So Megan Daly and Alex Middlemass. And it's okay. their wee dog, Messi, that also features in the video. Yeah, and have they got an agent or what at this stage? Have they, have they signed no, up to yet, a Hollywood agency? They might need to look into it after today. <laughs> so they come around, they're kind of a modern, good-looking couple. They have a little dog, and the dog wants to go into the pub. 
Um, they yeah. they don't really. It's it's all done very very well. The the uh, move. Did you come up with the idea of the dog wanting to go into the pub and the two customers wanting wanted to keep walking? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Una. Una, what's your current uh, mission in life, Una? To run the pub? Um, Yeah, I do. So it's my dad's bar and it was my granddad's before then. I was actually a teacher. Um, Our manager left during COVID, so I took on the run in the bar then. Well done. So how, so Una, how did you get the dog? Was it a highly trained, very expensive dog to hire from Hollywood County Down? Did you, um, how did you get the dog to stop (laughs) at the door of the pub? It was a very uh, old school. We had a couple of treats in, in the inside of the door. And if you actually watch it, you can see her um, outside the front door eating one of the treats. Okay. What a few, picked up on it. a few sausages or something. Famous. famous. Yeah, exactly. uh, what's the name of the famous butchers in Enniskillen that people travel far and wide for to get Doherty's, their... Doherty's. They do Doherty's sausages, yeah. 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 Uh, Anyway, so the, so the dog... Brings the couple into the pub. They're up at the bar. I think they're having two hot whiskies. And Charlie, as we're calling, he shuffles in, gets his pint of Guinness. Um, is it, yeah, his pint of Guinness, and he sits down. And of course, the dog, as per usual, is a great, great uh, social uh, mission missionary. And he potters over to Charlie, and then he sits up beside Charlie. And then the couple come over and start talking to Charlie and to, uh, to the dog. And then they sit down, and it's all it's all done, which is brilliant, Una. It's all done. Thank you so much. Without a single word. Without a single yeah, word. What is this? That was something we had um, decided at the very beginning. We didn't want any dialogue. It was all just going to be put to the soundtrack. And we chose Birdie. People have the people. Yeah, it's a beautiful piece. And then at the end, you have that famous WB8 quote, which uh, was very controversial here recently because it was on the medal for the Dublin Marathon. And then someone I said, that. did you see that? Yeah. Is that where you got the idea from? No, we've always had that as our slogan and oh. our, our motto. And it's okay. actually on the exterior gable wall of the bar. Ah, sure. So it just seems to sum up Charlie's, to be honest. OK, well, it's and what's so tell me the reaction. When, when did you put it up? We put it up at 7 o'clock on Friday and it got a really good reaction on Friday but whatever happened on Saturday it just completely blew up and it's just been non-stop since we, we can't even I can't even get through messages there's been radio stations national yeah. news channels it's just been phenomenal and by the even way even John Lewis actually replied to us last night oh what did they say? they said um, we're not crying you are Merry Christmas ah oh, lovely lovely we're not crying you are uh, well, yeah. no, no, sorry. Every that that was a, I, a lot of the comments I saw over the weekend were, if you don't cry watching this ad, <laughs> you have no heart, <laughs> which is which is true. But did you, Una? You know the way directors say we have to storyboard the. You know we you, you write down almost every, you you scribble what what every frame should be and where everyone's going to be standing and who moves where and when and the choreography. Did you do all that on a spreadsheet? No, we definitely didn't. Um, <laughs> we had the idea, and we, we, me and Aoife spoke about what way we want to film it, but there was certainly no spreadsheet, and it definitely wasn't what, was as intricate as what you're talking about. Was it the back of a beer mat? Something similar. I think it was actually the back of a music poster. <laughs> It is absolutely... Now, uh, the, the, the thing I thought at the end, it could be an ad for Guinness. Yes, funny people have mentioned that. We made the decision to choose Guinness Zero because we didn't want it associated with ah. drink and drinking. Um, but also we wanted to show that anybody's welcome in the bar and whether you're drinking That's tea, right, it is. And, and non-alcoholic. It's, and it's clearly Guinness, the, t- the top. That, who's the barman in it, by the way? Uh, so his name's William Blake, but he's known locally as Papa. Papa. He's been here over 17 years. And he is a barman in, in your pub? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. full-time barman. Not for long, I suspect. <laughs> has he, has he Has anyone, has he lost a run of himself since he went worldwide, since he went viral? Uh, not yet. Um, I don't know after today, but no, he, he's a very loyal employee of ours, so I think he'll, he'll stay here for a bit longer, hopefully. Now, c- can it be shown on television, Una? Because aren't there ads, aren't there restrictions and protocols for alcohol ads on telly that someone has to be clearly, well, you have zero, zero. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, someone has to be in the group, has to be clearly consuming a non-alcoholic beverage. Non-alcoholic beverage. Everyone, mm-hmm. no, I don't, would you, would you, if Guinness said to you, 
can we use it and we will give money to a loan or whatever the appropriate charity or to you uh, the appropriate charity could be, could be the UBHIS uh, F the Uniborns Holiday in Spain Fund <laughs> I like the sound of that <laughs> would you be open to Guinness saying can we use it absolutely hopefully they're listening in yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> um, stay there stay there Una please for a few minutes I know you. I know there's people pulling and dragging out of you at the minute aren't they <laughs> Martin McManus Charlie Martin McManus yeah Hello. I'm just How, Martin congratulations you're brilliant oh, thank you you're brilliant in the ad and how were, how were you when did you discover that Una, Una was going to rocket you to superstardom <laughs> about uh, a couple, couple of days before um we actually done the ad maybe three days or a week, a bit a week before. Okay. The, uh, we done the actual ad and uh, I'd never met Una. And it was a friend of mine who uh, she happened to ask. A friend, Niall Green, who um, who had worked with some drama several times. And okay. Una knew him and she happened to ask him, could he recommend somebody? And he recommended me and showed her a picture of me that he had on his phone and... And the Contact was made and it came from that, you know. And the rest is history, Martin. <laughs> the rest, the rest is, history. is history. So, <laughs> did you go? You, you found out two days beforehand you're going to be in this. Did, did you? What type of actor are you, Martin? Do you, do you do which method do you use? Do you do the Daniel Day Lewis method where you go into the character and you won't let yourself out of the character? Or you do the Savinsky method? What's your, what's your method of acting, Martin? Well, uh, I've been involved in, in amateur dramatics for uh, about 30 years or so. Brilliant, and, uh, brilliant, brilliant. I've also done some directing and oh. uh, the method really is just to uh, be in character, become that yeah. person, be in character, just hold it, make sure you hold it. And yeah. That's really, uh, I learned that over several years. And, and when, some, uh, So the house you're coming out of, is that your own home? Yeah, that, that's that's supposed to be my own home. Oh, is it okay? And how many uh, are you? Is there people in the house with you? Are you, are you? No, no, no. I live on my own. You live on your own, okay? So you yeah. came out. The cap is the cap your own. It is, yes. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then the walking stick is that your own? Do you need a walking stick generally? Oh, I use a walking stick. Uh, quite bad knee. Okay, so it's. And then the the walk, the long walk down the street to the graveyard. And, and do you know whose grave you were at, or do you want to tell me? Um, was it I, I, I know whose grave was at, but I, okay. I'd leave that down now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. You know? I, un- I understand that. And then you um, you you walk down. That's the main street, then, is Gillen, is it? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And one a couple kind of pass you by, and then a man is reading the paper, and he kind of raises the paper because he doesn't want to talk to anyone or whatever. He's he's a good actor as well. And then yeah. the uh, then you go into the pub. Yeah. And and yeah. are you regular in Charlie's bar? I'm not really. No, no, I don't live in the film at all. I'm Brilliant. Quite, Brilliant. Quite a bit away. Brilliant. But I, Brilliant. I, may be, I may become a regular well, actor. You're, you're, you're going to be in demand to be filmed and photographed. And and, um, <laughs> and of, all, of all the Amdram you've done over the years, Martin, what's yeah. what's been your favourite part, your favourite character? Uh, over the years? Yeah. Um, I've done... I've done... Uh, Lonesome West, and I think I don't do okay. you know in the paper. I like doing. Oh. I was Joxer and doing you know in the paper. Ah, go on. And you were Joxer. Uh, I was Joxer. Yeah, ah, yeah. Brilliant. And you loved uh, that uh, one. Very, did you? very dirty, ill-kempt looking pop. Oh, that's the well, that's, that's Joxer in Dublin. Yeah, Joxer, Joxer, yeah. great lines. Sean O'Casey. Yeah. And did you ever? Did you yeah. enter the competitions? We did. Uh, couple of years ago, just before the pandemic, ah, yeah. we entered the, 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 the circuit, uh, the festival circuit, and we ended up, uh, we won, out of eight competitions, we won seven of them, and uh, then we went to uh, doing begs to the Laird and final, and we came oh, third in it, you know. 
Oh, well done, well done, well done. And is that is I'm is I'm drawn back up because it's such a, an incredible part oh, God, of yes, Irish yes, life. Yes. Yeah, it's my cup running. I was actually at, at the rehearsals yesterday, for the, preparing for a play for the new year, and uh, oh, okay. Myself and another lady in a race is uh, directing it, so we were all business yesterday, but uh, of course it took the mickey out of me, you know. Of course, yeah, no, no, you you, uh, you tell them now, Martin, they'll be hearing from your lawyers very soon, very <laughs> soon, from your either your Hollywood lawyers or your London lawyers, your Belfast, so you can pick any, any, any four of the corporations that will be... Uh, that would be that would be representing you. So it took a day, Martin. And when did you realise you were gone into orbit? Um, probably that night uh, that was released. I got a few texts about it, but the next day it really took off. It just I was just astounded. Now I just couldn't believe that it was happening. No, that's the truth. You know. Well, that's great. Really. Exactly, you know. Yeah, well, whatever people are saying, you should win an award for your acting. Um, <laughs> you should definitely win an award. Una, you sh- Una and Aoife should definitely win an award for scripting and uh, <laughs> the, the storyboarding and the idea yeah, behind I'm, it. Cause I'm so happy for them because I thought it was very brave and brilliant and such a simple, simple yeah. message. But so true, so, so about, really true. A, about loneliness. Yeah, yeah. Jocks are jocks are daily. Fair, fair play, Martin. Uh, Martin, you can tell me now, like when you're on Graham Norton or on with Paddy Keelty on Friday, <laughs> um, you'll be asked this question. So I can ask it to you now while Una is there. Was Una hard to work for? Is she a temperamental <laughs> director? Did she throw no, tantrums? No. Not at all. She was totally supportive and totally helpful, and I couldn't ask for better. And I'm delighted for them, and I hope it's a raging success. And it will, them, you know, it will be. It will be. It's a, it's a raging success already, already. And Una, you can tell me what was Martin like to work with? Was he temperamental? Did he? How many times did he storm back out to his uh, Winnebago and say, "I'm not coming no, out was- until I get all orange M and M's." He was absolutely brilliant. He's he's the director himself, so he knew ah. exactly what to do. I didn't have a very tough job. Okay, now can I uh, can I ask you, Una? You've, you, I presume any television station or whatever who wants to play it, they can play it. They have your permission to play it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. You won't be coming after them. No. Lawyers, no, definitely it? not. Okay. All good, all publicity is good publicity. And you're t- here, here, and Una, you're telling me this is the first. Is is this the first creative project that you've been involved um, with? We would have um, uploaded videos before, um, and Aoife had had me once before with a St. Patrick's Day video where we had Irish dancers in the bar, but none of them have got the reaction that this has got. Um, so we we have done videos in the past, never a Christmas video either. Okay, well, it's 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 going to tell us briefly then before before I let you go to Sky and CNN and NBC <laughs> and Radio File um, and LBC and Verge and a whole lot of Una. Um, what tell us the brief history of Charlie's Bar? Yeah, it was established in 1944 by my granddad and granny, and okay. their dad took it on from them. So we're celebrating 80 years in business next year and three generations. And have you ever won awards for Best Bar? And We have. We won, actually, um, Best Bar in Ulster two years ago. And we've won, this year, we won Community Cup of the Year, which was a really lovely accolade for us because that's what we feel we are, the heart of the community. And we try to, you well know, done. welcome everybody. And Una, do you open on Christmas? We do. Me and my dad will be here. Um, we'll be open and we close for a couple hours from three to six and then we reopen in the evening. Fair play to you. And has that always been the tradition that the uh, Charlie's opens for a few hours in the morning and a few hours in the evening on Christmas? Yeah, always has. Even when I was younger, we were four of us and the children and people would have said to Dad, well, you know, would you not take a day off? Would you not take Christmas yeah. day off? And he always said the reason for opening was for those people who are maybe at home on their own. At least it's a couple hours where they can come in and speak to somebody else. Um, and there's usually people come as well as part of their Christmas tradition. So that's all in amongst it as well. But it's it's really important for us that we give that option for people if they want it. 
Well done. Well done. Well done, Leona. It's fantastic. And by the way, I was going to say, did you, did you even did you even to win best bar in Enniskillen is is tough because there's some great bars in Enniskillen. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah, we were we were totally blown. And actually, that one you couldn't you couldn't nominate yourself. You couldn't apply. So we actually got best bar in Fermanagh and thought maybe this is a scam yeah. call or something. And we worked at the ceremony, and then we were invited to Dublin for the final, and we just couldn't believe it. Okay, well, it's very uplifting. It's very uplifting, really, and very. It's very. the The idea is, uh, Una, if I looked at it correctly, the idea is to get us all thinking about loneliness and don't be afraid to talk to people. And if you're in company or not in company, and you see someone who isn't in company, you, you obviously you do it diplomatically, um, but you try and find out: mm-hmm. Do they want? Do they want to be in company? And do you want to chat? Everyone has a story. Everyone has a thousand stories. A thousand stories. So, Una, happy Christmas to you. And, happy Christmas to you as well. Uh, Thank and, you very much. And you too, Martin. Um, just Thank be you. just be prepared now for the. There'll have to be. I see your house actually. You step out from your beautiful hall door onto the street. Is that correct, Martin? That's correct. Yeah. Oh no, that'll have to go, Martin. I'm sorry. We're going to have to put the PS and I are going to have to put security barriers out the front for the adoring fans. <laughs> <laughs> for the adoring fans. Do you hear me? I know, we'll keep the feet firmly on the ground. Good man, good man. (laughs) Up Enniskillen, well done. Martin McMahon, a superstar. Amdram, uh, award-winning director. Goes on and on and on. Well done. Una Bournes, um, what what, what do you think you'll wear to... um, to the Kodak Theatre in uh, in Hollywood in uh, early March. Una, have, have, have you? Oh, d- definitely a full length dress. I think full I think length. you'd have to, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, we absolutely, absolutely. Pull out all the stuff. Best. We uh, should put. You should, I don't know how you can enter for advertising awards. Um, there are many. There's the Kinsale Awards are called here in Ireland. I don't know if you have to have spent. What did you spend again? Seventy thousand. <laughs> Just under seven hundred points. Seven. <laughs> Uh, go back in go back into your adoring fans Una in Charlie's Bar in Enniskillen Martin will you thank you so much Martin are you are you keeping a low profile you'll only make appearances by by previous confirmation and they go through your agent oh yeah yeah I'm I'm actually going around in the skies at the moment you know (laughs) (laughs) okay actually somebody said to us earlier there are people turning up at the door now visiting the door apparently it's the most famous door in Northern Ireland his hall door yeah. Oh, Martin, be careful. Will you will you secure that door? Because you know, Bono Bono was born in Cedarwood Avenue, above there in Glasnevin Stroke, Ballymun. Should the the signs are they put up a new sign on the street every week and it's robbed? <laughs> so will you be careful? <laughs> oh, we will. We will. I've been slipping and out the back way. Uh, okay, hold on to your hall door, Martin. <laughs> oh, well, okay, okay. Well, I tell you, there's a lot of new openings for you now after that fantastic. And have a look at the ad. You'll be hearing a lot more about it in the last in the next few days. I'm sorry we're not as as visual as we we would love to be. Una Bournes in Charlie's Bar. Martin McManus. Happy Christmas to you. Many more Happy than Christmas, please God. Thank you. And many more than please God. Where's Joe O'Brien? Joe. 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 Uh, here, Joe. Come Speaking in. Here. Come in. Talk to Joe. Joe. Here. Joe. Yeah. Um, I mentioned the John Lewis ad. Right, would, yeah. would you explain what is that? What is the ad about this year? There's a fly trap or something. Yeah, what is so it? it's it's about a, a boy uh, named Alfie, and he has a fly trap plant. Um, he called Snapper. Okay. Snapper grows too big. Um, uh, gets into all sorts of trouble, causes havoc. I think he attacks the dog. Um, Alfie wants him to be the Christmas tree uh, for this year. Um, obviously because it's a Christmas ad, and uh, a snapper's put outside the house and. Goes on then, I think, to finish with um, Snapper opening up the presents for the family. And, and that's the ad. So you, when you when you heard about the ad, yeah. I, I I heard you nearly fell off your e-scooter. What happened? You crashed the car. <laughs> so we were <laughs> so we we heard actually. I know, I know, I know. It's terrible. So we were coming home a couple of tours days ago um, in the car from my daughter's train, and she's in the back and. Uh, the radio's on myself and my wife are not paying any attention to her, yapping away. And she, um, Tamsin, just went, Daddy, your book's on the radio, hire her up. And uh, we hired her up and we listened in and they, the presenters were talking about, uh, they weren't talking about my book at all, they were talking about the John Lewis Christmas ad. And what, you know? is, what is the similarity between... Oh, so my jo- book, 
Yeah, so Alfie Green and the Fly Trap was published 17 years ago. Okay. Um, it's about a boy named Alfie who uh, has a small fly trap plant, uh, Snapper. Okay. <laughs> and Snapper grows too big, causes all sorts of havoc. He actually attaches the, attacks the cat, not a dog. And Alfie has to find a, a new home for Snapper because he just can't live in Budsville anymore. You know? It goes on to tell other things in the story because it's a book. Yeah. But I think very big similarities, same character names, um, and just a big shock, huge okay. shock, really. So the character in the John Lewis ad is called Alfie, which is the character yeah. in your book. The Venus yeah. flytrap, that is, a, that, is a, yeah. that is a real plant, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So okay. I'm a, yeah, so, so it's a Venus flytrap is a small... I'm, I'm a, a horticulturist, I've ah, been for almost, ah. almost 30 years. And there's nine books in the Alfie Green series, and they're all about Alfie and his adventures with plants that talk and so forth. So the Venus flytrap plant is a small, harmless plant. It's about two inches tall. Okay. Uh, it doesn't cause havoc, isn't dangerous, um, doesn't have teeth. Um, and uh, it's just the fact that uh, in, the, in the Alfie Green story, um, uh, Snapper grows big, big, big into a giant fly trapper, and that's when problems start to occur. Similar to the John Lewis. Ad. Okay. So, what? What did yeah, you? D- I know. And but by, by the way, the, go, go back to you, Joe. When? Yeah. When? How did you come up with this idea seventeen years ago? So the the Alfie Green book. So I, I, I all of my Alfie Green books are all dedicated to memory of my son Ethan. Ah. Uh, Ethan, Ethan passed away 22 years ago ah. um, from Edwards Syndrome uh, okay. around the time of birth and it was absolutely devastating for myself my wife he was our first child yeah. and uh, it happened in the middle of winter of 2001 and being a self-employed gardener not a, don't do much in winter really um, had a lot of time on my hands um, very tough for both of us obviously I just didn't know how to cope with it I didn't know what to do um, mm-hmm. sat down one day and I just started writing ideas and making up things. I started to think of Ethan and, 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 and you know, what would he be doing when he's growing up? You know, the ventures mm-hmm. I missed out on and what he would be like playing football. I never had a child before. Neither was did. Yeah. And over time, over the space of the following year or two, and um, it grew into stories. I uh, created Alfie Green and his, his adventure with plants and so forth. And being a gardener, that's where all the ideas for all the different talk and plants and so forth came from inspiration, being out gardening every day. And, magic, and, uh, magic. And I was very lucky, very lucky that a, a, an absolutely angel of a man, Michael O'Brien, the O'Brien Press. Oh, yeah. No, rel- no relative, just the same name. Yeah, yeah. Again. And uh, he um, he took the stories to heart, him and his team. They're a lovely, lovely publisher, a lovely family publisher. And they've been my family for almost 20 years. And uh, he took them to heart. He loved them. He loved the story of Ethan in the background of the Alpha Green stories. Okay. And he decided to publish them. And I've been telling the story for almost 20 years now to kids all over Ireland. And they're even published um, in countries on the other side of the world. And how many, how many Alfie Green books have you got out at this stage? So there's, there's nine Alfie Green books. I've, I've 14 books published altogether, but there's nine Alfie Green books. First one was 2005, and uh, we went on from there then up to 2010, I think. So there's nine books altogether. And, and still available, widely available. I see that. And what, what age group would you be aiming them at, Joe? So the Alfie Green books are kind of like, I mean, I guess, I mean, as I said, I've been talking to kids and librarians and booksellers and mothers and fathers and grannies for years. So they range from very small, four, five, six, right up to nine, ten, eleven, depending on the reader. You know, yeah. um, mums and dads have read them, enjoyed them. You know, they've been enjoyed for many years. And tell me, um, uh, uh, John Lewis say it's a complete coincidence. Yes, yes, yes. So when I first, when I first obviously discovered this a couple of weeks ago, obviously the next day I had a look at the ad and my initial reaction was, I've, I've, I've got to reach out to someone, you know, what am I going to do? So obviously my first point of contact would be my publisher. You know, they've been yeah. my writing, writing family for nearly 20 years and they're amazing. And they, they just said, oh God, let us look into it. I don't think they'd even seen the ad because it was only the night before it was released. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they've been brilliant. They got, they got onto them then. They made contact, uh, just showing the concerns of me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, then for the following week or two, then they've been coming back and forth, you know, asking questions of, well, how could this happen and so forth. Um, and they've been brilliant. And uh, John Lewis, yeah, they've come back. Look, in all fairness to them, they've come back with fairly de- detailed information. They've, uh, they've come back. I haven't had any contact with them. It's, it, my my mm. publisher has been amazing. They've okay. taken all of that away from me, which is, which is great. Which yeah, is great. Yeah. And they've come back with, um, you know, the, the names were created in different departments at different times and so forth. And I think the big yeah. one for me is, you know, I, I'm, I'm, look, it's Christmas. It's a Christmas ad. Christmas yeah. is a time of decency and goodwill, fair, integrity, fair. looking after people. I'm not saying, I haven't come out once and I haven't said, 
oh, you robbed my book, you, dropped, you did this, you did that. I haven't done that publicly at all. Obviously, initially at the beginning, that's what you're thinking. And then when yeah. you hear facts and things come back, you go, do you know what, this is, this is a real possibility here. This is a coincidence. I have to be open to this. Yeah, yeah. But the big thing, the big thing for me is, is that it shouldn't happen in this day and age. You know, the anti yeah. green books, I mean, they, they said they did a searches. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. They did a searches. They didn't. They said they didn't find the book. That's fine. I accept mm-hmm. that. But you know, Alfie Green and the Floyd Trapper is almost seven, is seventeen years published. It's in every school in Ireland. Yeah. It's published on the other side of the world. You only have to type in a couple of key key uh, words: Alfie Floyd Trap Plant. It comes up all over the internet. And for me, the really devastating part of all this is that a coincidence like that shouldn't happen. If they didn't spot my book, fair enough, it didn't mm. happen, but it shouldn't. And just going forward, it should not happen again. Because, and because these books, had, if this was one of my other books, you know, I would have got angry and I would have just, oh, you know, what happens. Yeah. But because these are dedicated to eating and what they mean to me and my family for the last 20 years, yeah. um, these books are very special to me. And, uh, you know, it shouldn't happen. It should have been caught. Yes, and, even, and, and, and it shouldn't have happened. And yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. but it shouldn't you, happen. I did it there earlier. Um, I googled Alfie and the Fly Trapper. Yeah, yeah. two keywords. And up comes, words. up comes. Alfie's house. It's your book, Joe O'Brien's book comes up first. It's all over the internet. It comes so up they, so many, well, it's seventeen years, Joe. It's seventeen years. I know, out I, know there. I know, I know, I know. You know. Yeah, it's a long time out there, and every 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 yeah. year the, 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 those ads. But anyway, there as you say, it yeah. is it is the um it is the season of goodwill. Uh, where can yeah. people where can people get the books, Joe? Well, I don't know. It, it, as I said, this book's seventeen years, maybe in shops still. I don't know, but definitely online. Yeah. But just, let, let me tell you this much, Joe. You know, thousands and thousands and thousands of children have read this story and, and all my other African books and so forth over the years and I've been telling the story and I've gone to all sorts of schools around the country mm-hmm. and as I said it's published across the world you know this for me is nothing to do with book sales I have no interest whatsoever in profit from this yeah. you know I would love I, if this is about Ethan's memory it's about what these books mean to me it's about the devastation and the hurt be it an accident, and it looks like that's what it is, but yeah. be it an accident, it shouldn't have happened. It's about the fort, it's causing me, and still causing And, you know, that's what this is about, you know, I, I mean... Well, if John, Lewis, if, if John Lewis offered to make, which I'm sure they do, the very, very well-regarded organisation, very well-regarded yeah. shop, yeah. With, their, with their way they treat their workers very positively with a share, share scheme. If John yeah. Lewis said, w- w- would we make a donation to, to the Edward Syndrome charity? Would I would that... love, I would absolutely love. If you ask me, Joe, what I would like as the outcome to all this, I would love John Lewis to publicly come out and state, and I don't mean just somewhere small and hidden in the shadows, just come out and state, look at, you know, we didn't we didn't see Joe's yeah. book, we didn't know about it. I know they've done that in the background. Yeah, to yeah. come out and say we didn't, you know, apologise, you know, and then, yeah, I would love, I'd love a donation to be made um, to a children's charity of my choice. And, and I think the uh, Edward Syndrome are uh, soft, Soft is a charity who helped us at the beginning. Okay. Um, they help people who suffer, uh, who lose children to trisomy 18 and 14. Yeah, yeah. And I would love that. That's what I would love. I'm not interested in I know that. I can, hear, I can hear that. I can I, hear that. I'm in your not voice. interested. No, I hope they go and have a good campaign. Yeah, they look yeah. after their workers and their employees Great. and so forth. I, but for me, this is this is all about what this means to me. This book and what's happened. And what age was Ethan when he when he passed, Joe? So he was there. Uh, so so Edward. So Edward, trisomy eighteen is an extra chromosome, um, and uh, okay. we don't really discover that until till 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 the your near term. So um, at forty eight weeks, uh, which was just two weeks short of uh, birthday, um, Ethan passed away, mm. and he was still born, and he was our fourth child, and. You know, the, the Alfie Green books haven't just helped me over the years and my wife, Joe, and my mm. family. I have other kids who absolutely adore growing up in this in this world of Alfie Green and my other books. They've helped other kids as well and other people. I've had children come over to me at the end of book events and they've said to me, oh, my brother passed away like your son or my daddy's gone and we have a little chat. Yeah. And this legacy has done yeah. so much. Yeah. This is not about book sales. Do you know what, Joe? I, every Christmas I, I go out, uh, I, I buy a ton of my books off my publisher, a very decent discount. They're, they're amazing, the O'Brien Press. And I hide the books around Valley Fairman for kids, kids to find. This is about 
the story behind mm. it and obviously and, and a book being in children's hands and having an open discussion and supporting each other. And when you think of Christmas, you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And that's why it's hurt so much, Joe. But look, it looks like it was just a big accident, yeah. a big coincidence. But it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't have happened. I hope it never happens again. I hope you sit back and go, right, we need to be yeah. more rigorous going forward and not, not to cause this hurt. And, uh, and okay. that's it, Joe. Okay. That's it, really. And where, 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 where are, you, are you living in Ballyard? I'm a Ballyard man, born and bred. Oh. I am, yeah, I, I, I am indeed, Joe. I am Good indeed. Man. And I love the place. And I'll be carried yeah. out here in the box. Good man. <laughs> I love Good the place. Man. And I love the people. I love the kids. Yeah. And, great. Uh, you know. Great, and, great schools. Great schools. Everything, Joe. Great schools. Everything. Yeah. Amazing people. Amazing great people. Library. All over the country. Brilliant library. You know that. Been around them all. Been yeah. around them all, Joe. Well over done, Joe. Years. Well done. And he's still at the Horticultural. Yeah, I'm a gardener, Joe. Look, you know, just it's, it's very hard to make a living and writing, you know. But I that know wasn't, that. No, lucky that's... enough for me, I fell into it, you know. And um, obviously not, you know. But but I mean, it's it's. I've been a gardener for. As my my mum was loved gardening, Joe. She loved gardening, and I was the only one in the family that it kind of rubbed off. Probably because I was the one she dragged out into the garden every day yeah. to help her yeah. clean up. Yeah. But um, she used to take little snippets. Like there was no buying things back then. You know, she, she we'd be out walking and she'd be taking snippets off people's plants. And she, man, you can't do that. Well, she's like, I can't afford them. And uh, so, um, yeah, so I, I was lucky to um, go into garden um, okay. when well, I got older, and, and I've been self-employed at it for nearly twenty years now. And when are you so, going? Yeah, what, what, is it a certain day in December that you go out and hide your books for children to find in Ballyfermot? So we we. It's usually a week or two. It's, oh, sorry, the, the actual yeah. So we it's usually it's usually the week leading up to, to Christmas. What we do right. is we um. Well, actually, it's funny really because um I'm a few years doing that now, and um <laughs> a couple of years ago um uh, <laughs> a load of youngsters were going around and Dad loved them. They were collecting loads of the books, <laughs> and I was getting I was getting people coming and saying oh, your books are nowhere to be found, and I'm saying oh so so what I've started to do the last couple of Christmases is I now hide um the likes of little jingle bells and they find the jingle bell or something else like that and yeah. they, they, they then exchange it then for a book so um, so oh, I know that idea, everyone yeah. that's out there and, and you're only allowed one jingle bell per, per child course, so if someone comes up with five of them they get one book and they have to go and rehide them okay. so, so it's usually the week it's usually the week leading up to Christmas and it's lovely it is it's lovely to chat to the kids and you know it's great to have a book in the hands of a child wow, and I think here, that's here. one of the biggest miracles a you can book, have in this a world book that, that, uh, hold especially a in this yes, day yes. and age yeah especially in this day and age Joe. and this is this is coming from uh, Joe O'Brien who lives in Ballyfermot and is Irish obviously in the weekend that, that again we won it's like winning the Eurovision at this stage we won the, <laughs> the Booker Prize for the fifth time with uh, Paul Amazing. Lynch's Prophet Song Good to meet Maha Good Joe um, well, well you, Joe. said Thank and you. very very well so the books are called Alfie Green the Alfie Green the series, series. Alfie Green. yeah okay. yeah. well this this book here that's been caught up in this unfortunate coincidence with John Lewis is Alfie Green and the Fly Trapper, but there's nine books in the series. But uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, have, have you another one coming out soon? I'm always writing, Joe. Whether did he come okay. out or not? I don't know, but I'm always writing. Good man, good man, Joe. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, that's Joe O'Brien, and that's a fascinating story. Well done, Joe. We began talking about that Christmas ad up in Enniskillen, and I see now. I'm told it's flying. There's another uh, another million views gone on to Charlie's Bar uh, just this morning alone. Um, and it it's all set to take over from the John Lewis ad. <laughs> That's the Christmas ad of 2023. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Regina, good afternoon. Hi, how are you? Good. You contacted us, Regina. You, you want to make a number of points. Go ahead. <laughs> Five, please. Go ahead, yeah. Yep, five, four, three. three. No, you're grand, you're grand. Go ahead. Just, you, you, you emailed us, and um, just to put, you, you, you emailed us after Thursday, obviously. And what points, do, what points do you want to make? Uh, a good few, to be honest. Okay. Um, it's not even to make a point, it's more to let people know how we actually feel there's yeah. loads of people putting loads of things on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and whatnot. Yeah. but what they don't understand is how we actually feel the foreigners, the immigrants whatever the Irish would like to call us and tell us your story please Regina yes yeah, so I would call myself an immigrant I came to Ireland at the age of five okay. and I went to the Irish schools I have many Irish friends 
but I would never call myself Irish. Okay. And now after Thursday, I definitely do not want to call myself Irish. And why, why, why not? Just to know what the Irish kind of think of us after seeing a few videos and voice messages that were sent around to know what the Irish kind of, not, the whole of Irish yeah, Ireland point zero 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 one one percent it's oh would you imagine it's not just the zero point zero zero one percent it's a, a minority unfortunately like thank god but there is few people like even in my workplace after what happened on Thursday I have been working okay. in the evening on Thursday and Friday and what have people been saying is just Terrible. And what happened? They're Obviously, you have to be careful. But uh, what have people been saying to you, Regina, since Thursday? Um, telling us to go home, that we're stealing the Irish job. A few bad things, but, you know, we just carry on and we pretend as we never heard them. But at the end of the day, you do want to go home and cry yourself to sleep because yeah. you feel unwanted. And did you get much of that before Thursday? No, would you believe it? No, people wouldn't think I'm Irish, but yeah. when they do hear me speak in my own language, sometimes with the co-workers or something, yeah. people would just go at you. And this has happened? It has indeed, yeah. My God. And what do you say to I them? I feel like Nothing, I just tell them, listen, if you're insecure and you think I'm talking about you, unfortunately, I'm talking about the milk and the bread. But, yeah. t- t- you know, it's at the end of the day, it's a free country. I can speak whatever language I want. Exactly. And just to know that people feel offended when I speak my own language, it hurts. And so before Thursday, did you call yourself Lithuanian Irish? or? I would have called myself Lithuanian Irish, yes, I would have. And now you're calling yourself Lithuanian? Full-on Lithuanian. Because of the actions of a small, 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 small minority? Not even because of the small minority, but even in my own country and the rest of the world. On the news, they showed what happened, and my granny called me straight away to say, don't go into town, be careful, what's going on, come back to your own country. And same now, like even in work, people are talking and they're like, Jesus, what's going on? What's happening? And what do you think is happening? God knows, but it sounds like Ireland doesn't want foreigners anymore. <laughs> but all the, all, the, all the opinion polls say say the exact opposite. You know, well, whenever you see, it's a fifty-fifty. Unfortunately, you know what you hear is what you hear, but then mm-hmm. what you see online is a completely different story. It doesn't seem like people do want us, and it's not obviously it's not the whole of Ireland. Yeah, of course but, not. Of course not. Yeah, sorry to tell you, but if it wasn't for us, you know, like yeah. there wouldn't be any kebab shops, any Eastern European shops, etc. But some people don't realise that, unfortunately. And Regina, you said, and it's a great line you have in your email, you say, if we went, if we went on strike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really want the government to say, all of you foreigners go on strike. And we, I would love to see how Ireland would cooperate with that. Because I know we wouldn't have. All the workers, all the caretakers, taxi drivers, all the doctors, nurses, SNAs, frontline workers, you name them. There's, in for one Irish person, there's four foreigners. So, you know, the math yeah. on that, it would just say that Ireland would break down. But Which is an incredible point, and it's true. It is true, not just incredible, but it's an incredible way to put it. If we down tools... Um, and you, you use the, the the word we in terms of people who weren't actually born here, but a lot of them, a lot are Irish, you know that, Irish citizens um, and naturalised Irish. Um, but if, if the, 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 that community, down tools, the community that, if a few of them that started the trouble on Thursday or whatever were, were mouthing about, if that community was the down tools, the first people probably affected would be People looking for hospital care, for home care, for to go into their garage to get food or buy a uh, get petrol. To the the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, like that's the point I was trying to make. At the end yeah. of the day, like whatever did happen on Thursday, unfortunately, the Irish that were breaking, protesting, whatever they want to call it, 
Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they're going to go to the hospital and they're going to ask one of the foreign ladies yeah. or the foreign doctors to take care of them. And that's what hurts me the most to know yeah. that they're trying to go against us while at the same time, you know, and, we're and, the one talking. And you say, who who rang you from, from Lithuania? Your, your granny, was it? Yeah. And what, what did, when, when did she ring you? On Thursday night or Friday or when she saw? Well, it, it was, was Friday in the morning when yeah. they seen the news. Okay. Um, so what, what did, um, what did, what did you say to her when your granny rang? Well, nothing I told her. I'm safe. I'm not going to go into town because yeah. at the end of the day, loads of us foreigners don't want to go into town. Not because we're scared of the foreigners, but we're scared of the Irish, what they're doing to town. What do you mean? Well, after seeing the way they're chasing foreigners with machetes now and beating literally foreigners up, even though they don't know who they are, what they're doing, etc. They're just here that they're foreign and that's it. The machete is is, uh, supposedly that video posted from Talbot Street last night. It was, yeah. But how, we don't know, there was a lunatic. Well, I don't know if it's if it's years older, but it seems to be the guard you've confirmed that a man was taken to hospital uh, with wounds. But um, there's a guy wielding a machete, which is about what three foot long, is it? Did you see yeah. it? Yeah. Good God! I seen that. And I was like, oh Jesus, what is going on? But we don't know who was. We don't know what was going on there. Now, it did. It, the victim was obviously innocent. Obviously innocent. Yeah. And how, and your man, there was CCTV, hopefully the guardie will, they, they say they haven't got the technology or the law, I don't know why they don't. If someone attacks, attacks someone with a machete, that's attempted murder, isn't it? That's attempted yeah. murder. Um, but anyway, but anyway. Um, now, what, what would help, Regina? What Sorry? would help? What would help? What would help? Yes, if the, there was a demo Ooh. today at one o'clock. Uh, on the centre island there in O'Connor Street, supporting the workers in town. Um, do, do you do you, do you want a show of support, or would you welcome a show of support from, including yourself, your, your, yourself? Would you like if, if, if something done in solidarity? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I want yeah. Irish people to know that you know we're here to help them. We're here to make Ireland a better place. We did not come here to ruin the country. Yeah, of course. Of I course. want everyone to know that Ireland is an equal country. That everyone has a voice, and that you know we're mm. here doing the exact same thing as them, just trying yeah. to live a better life and trying to better yourself and better the place. And exactly. Makes, like at the end of the day, you know, the reason why my mother came to Ireland and, you know, yeah. to even bring me to Ireland is because she knew that Ireland is a better place. Yeah. You know, the people are nice. I can have a future here as well. And now yeah. to know that this has happened, I don't know if I want to stay in Ireland. I don't know if I want to move to a different country. I don't know. Yeah. When I have children, for example, what what's going to happen then? Oh, Regina, I beg you to stay. Now, seriously, if you're, you listen, if you listen, even reading your email, you have an enormous contribution to make. You have an enormous contribution to make, and, yeah. and you do make it already in the work in the work you do. And what did your mother think of Thursday? She's heartbroken. Is she? To be honest with you, like you oh, know, God. my mum has a good few friends that work in town. My yeah. mum works in a workplace where it's just foreigners. And she did, she said the exact same thing, you know, like if we ask people to go on strike and not come into work, I see what would happen. Yeah. yeah. You, like people are saying, oh, these foreigners are taking over my job. Like today, not today, like yeah, a few yeah. days ago, I had a homeless fella that was sitting outside my workplace tell me that I'm robbing his job, that us foreigners are such bad people, but... I told him, I go, listen, there's job seekers allowance, there's everything that yeah. can help you. There's jobs that I yeah, need that can yeah. help you, but you cannot come up to my job workplace and tell me that I'm robbing your job. Yeah, yeah. And that's the unfortunate bit about that. Yeah. What an, what an argument to make. Um, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Regina, look after yourself. Um, Thank you. And, and thanks for your, and please, please keep in touch. 
and kind kind regards and i hope hopefully again it will be seen over the next few days more and more people uh, stand stand by you stand by the contribution um yeah um but anyway i, I just I just want Ireland to know that, you know, not all of yeah. us foreigners are bad, Absolutely. that we're here to help, that we love the Irish culture and we love all the yeah. Irish people okay. that are here. But to blame us, definitely not an option. OK, OK. Regina, thanks indeed. Go to Mila Margaret. That's Regina. And uh, she was uh, talking on front of an email she sent us back after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. This coming Friday, December the 4th, we were talking recently uh, after we were contacted by a number of people who, coincidentally, no no, um, no shape or make to it, were talking about their unusual hobbies. And we thought over Christmas, if people have a few days or even a week or two off, they, it's a time for taking up uh, new hobbies. And so far, so far, we have a man who goes around photographing car washes and he, he finds it fascinating a man who collects baseball hats a man who collects keys a man who collects stars in the sky a man who collects postcards a woman who collects bottle tops and and another woman who loves scrapbooking scrapbooking i didn't know it still existed and then there is a chap who does stone skipping stone skipping and that is you're trying to you take your stone and stone very smooth stone and you lash it across a river or across did you know the record i didn't know this uh, the record for stone skipping is 51 bounces up the stone 51 uh, obviously we pigeon fanciers we want to hear if any of them are still uh, were, uh, still around and what do they love about keeping it's what it's basically what you're trying to do on friday is talk about your fascinating hobby with a view to trying to encourage other people to take it up you've got to be evangelical and fluent and bright and bubbly about it do you keep exotic pets if so why and how would you encourage other people to do it do you do something as uh, inane as as collecting model fire engines if so why do you do it and how do your friends and family tolerate uh, the house being full of Dennis fire engines from 1955 or whatever anyway joe at rte.ie market hobbies we'd love to hear we'd love to hear you ev- evan- evangelize about your hobby okay now back to the uh, serious issues of uh, november uh, 22nd, 19, 23rd, 19, the day after JFK, November 23 will go down for many years in Irish history, I think, for what happened uh, on that awful day and that awful night. Michael Callan is a retired uh, Garda from, based in Pierce Street in Dublin, one of the busiest, if not the busiest, with Store Street, the busiest Garda station in the country. Michael, you're observing this. What are your observations, please? Good afternoon, Joe. Yes, Joe, I was in Pierce Street and my recollection was visibility was everything. I remember there'd be 20 officers would appear for duty and you'd have two people going to Grafton Street, you'd have two going to Delia Street, two on College Street, two on George Street, two in Adrian Street, and the very same was, was in Store Street. So you had this very large mm-hmm. police presence, which we don't seem to have today. And in fact, Joe, on the 28th of September, I, it's on the email I sent you to, to show you mm-hmm. the, 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 the actual email. I, I wrote to the Minister for Justice myself because I was up in, up in Store Street. And this is now, you must remember, a number of weeks after we had a promise of 10 million to be yeah. spent on visibility in the city centre. Yeah. I walked up O'Connor Street, did some business in Grafton Street, mm-hmm. and came back down again. And I talked about the entire length of, of O'Connor Street on both sides, not one police officer visible. There was a huge amount of tourists. Yeah. Uh, there was some sh- the usual amount of shady characters. And I have to be honest, Joe, I felt myself a bit unsure because I said to myself, if something happens here, if some mm-hmm. of these guys calling me, just like they did that unfortunate um, American who was, who was attacked in Talbot Street, yeah. who will come to my, my help? There's no guards, there's no presence. Just, you know, Joe, when there's a presence there, a visibility, well, I know, I know. there's a sense of peace and harmony. Well, I've often, anyway, but then the guardian might say, but that's all optics. 
what what uh, I made a suggestion that they should have a permanent. Mm. Well, it seems to be there a good bit now. The command and control vehicle. I think they've three or four. And one of them should be outside on the island, twenty four seven outside the GPO. One of them should be mm. at the, anyway. There's places where they should be. I think mm. you go to New York now. I know. I know we're not New York, and despite mm. politicians saying the country's mm. on the verge of collapse, which is mm. nonsense, and the justice mm. system's on the verge mm. of collapse, um, it's not. Um, but a, a, a higher, there's easier ways of getting uh, high visibility on a place like mm. O'Connell Street, Henry Street, Talbot mm. Street, North Earl Street, up mm. to both ends, mm. by a high visibility um, platform or whatever in, mm. in O'Connell Street. Um, mm. d- uh, but the, the, don't the Guardian now say we're, we're, we're consumed by paperwork and filling out if we arrest somebody, we have to take a week off to do the, the paperwork? Mm. I don't buy it, Joe, because we always had paperwork. Always paperwork okay. in the job. Uh, the thing was, the numbers are not there. Uh, the resources don't seem to be put. And I know there's difficulties with recruiting, which is and, and retention in the job, which is, which is another mm-hmm. another area. But I do think visibility is everything. And when you have this visibility and you have this presence, it does have the effect, and there's no doubt about it. And somehow, they just don't seem to be able to to. to Manage this this visibility, and it's it's not it's suddenly difficult. Yeah. Um, and I know talking yeah. to that lady, it's very sad to hear what that lady had to say. Regina, yeah. Before Regina, before before the break there, Joe, and these people have lit a fuse, and these extreme right wing activists, and we, mm-hmm. I'm saying, with the guard organisation and justice, need to get on top of this very very quickly and not allow this to gain traction. Yeah, you know, you need the visible presence on yeah, the ground, think, first yeah. of all. You need the detective work and the intelligence, intensive. Mm-hmm. And then you need to bring, there is, there is law, Joe, you have the provision, the prohibition yeah. of hatred act. Yeah. Bring that to bear. If there's evidence, bring these people before the court. And we need to push this now before it gains traction. Yeah, I, I think it... it uh, anyway, anyway. But then again, I got mm. off the bus on Thursday evening in Talbot Street which I mm-hmm. normally do, the 130. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as, and um, I thought again, and I've said it a few, few now mm-hmm. nothing to do with Parnell Square at, at uh, 6 mm-hmm. o'clock. And, but again, I thought Talbot Street was, was rough. I thought it was unclean uh, and I couldn't see any official around, be it Garda or anyone else for that matter. Um, and I just didn't like the atmosphere. Now, I... Now, and as you know, Talbot Street has been the yeah. focus, and there's some great shops on Talbot, Talbot Street. Yeah. Be it Guineas, well, one of the Guineas is gone, but the Guineas more up towards North Earl Street, Carroll's Irish shops. But there's about mm-hmm. ten vaping shops, which seem to mm-hmm. seem to have taken over. But and there's some lovely cafes and Italian and uh, different food offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I didn't see a single guard. Not a single no. guard. Not a single guard. Da- David Walsh, stay there, Michael. David Walsh yeah, is all, was also a guard. Tell us your your contribution, please, David. Joe, how are you? Um, Joe, I just contacted you because, to be honest with you, I was just so sickened at what happened last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and from, from the point of view, yes, I'm an ex-guard, and so it's, it's put that on the table. But it's not from that point of view. It's from the point of view of our whole society that this kind of thing could happen. I listened to that lady, Regina, there a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what has happened is, you know, the people who caused whatever they caused on Thursday, that, that, that stuff will, the buses will be repaired, you know, not yeah, yeah. replaced, the police cars will be replaced and so on and so on. But what, what what's pervasive and what's invidious is the feelings that are left behind. You, you, a minute ago, you talked about walking down Talbot Street and how you felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to that point, to Regina's point and people in this country. They've created atmosphere where you now wonder if it's safe to be on a bus or is it safe to walk on work or is it isn't. Okay, Dave, David, I'm going to try and get a better line during this ad break. Stay there, stay there. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Contact of Michael Callan, a retired guard. David Walsh was also a guard. Uh, David, I'm told your son was working on last Thursday, November 23rd. He was, yeah. yeah he, was, he was part of the, the group that went in there, yeah. And, and, um, and what's, what's he but been... you, you were asking me, Joe, before, you know, just before we the break, yeah. you know, about how I... You know how it mattered, and what I've seen to was that the buses will get re- replaced, the cars will get yeah. replaced, 
the damage will be fixed. But what's left behind is the feelings that, you know, the, 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 the perceptions of people about being different in our society. And I'm not just talking about skin colour. I'm talking about, you know, any, anyone who happens to, for whatever reason, be different. That if, if as that last speaker said, it really is time. You know, I started this work 25 years ago in the mm-hmm. Garda, in the Garda Racial and Intercultural Union. At that time, it, it, we could see this coming. I'm always saying, you know, okay, about, what does the Garda Racial, I think it's called the Garda Diversity and Integration Union. Well, at that unit, at that time it was set up because we began to see the changes in, in okay. society, you know. Um, and you know, what, what, what was your main of, role? What Was your role educating other Garda? What, what was your role? Well, it's, to be honest with you, Joe, it was some, I had a personal interest in it. I went back to Trinity, I did some research, and when I came back, it was decided to set up that unit. And really it was kind of, I suppose, a reaction to what was happening at the time that society was changing. Now, obviously, it's a very different brief today, but I'm saying to you that, you know, it, 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 we, in a 20-year period, we've shifted mm-hmm. massively as a society. And I'm not yeah, sure that yeah. we made the strategic changes that we needed to make. Such as? Um, you know, to adapt. Well, you know, I mean, it, 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 migration has impacted services right across the board here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure we, th- we thought about it in that way. Education, healthcare. You know, policing right across the board. I'm not sure we've been strategic enough. Um, and uh, you know, when I look at what happened the other day, it's as I said to you, what, what happened. Yes, there'll be a certain amount of debate now about who should have done what, mm-hmm. but that will pass. What won't pass is the feelings, the perceptions. You talked a few minutes ago about being in Talbot Street and mm-hmm. how you felt in Talbot Street, and that's the point I'm making. Except that we now have to look through the eyes of our society. And say, is, is is it an island of them and us, or is it an island of us? And maybe we need to reimagine, you know, exactly as Regina said there. How do we engage with each other? How do we think about the other? How do we conceptualise? You know, I I do a lot of work now in the private sector in this area. And last week I coached a man from a big American firm here, mm-hmm. you know, telling him how safe and and with a certain degree of pride, you know, about how safe our society was. And two days later, this unfolds. You know, so, so there's a much bigger picture here. It's you know, it's about the perceptions of people on the ground. It's about you know, is it okay to be me? You know, in, mm-hmm. in, on our streets, wherever they happen to be, and I'm not just talking about inner city Dublin. I'm talking about everywhere. Um, you know, the, the, also that you know, how how is Team Ireland? You know, that expression Team Ireland. How do we look outside when this? So it's in all of our interests to make sure that you know that this is tackled at a much more strategic level. And I think Pat Doolan, I think he's a, Pat Doolan is a professor down in, I think it's UCG, talked about maybe it's time for a citizens' assembly on migration. Maybe we need to start having these conversations, you know, at a much deeper level. Are you, are, you, are you saying all of this happened too quickly? No, I'm saying to you that it, it, it happened in, I'm saying the shift happened in a kind of a 20, 25-year period mm-hmm. in terms of culture and cultural yeah. diversity. I'm saying that the lessons were out there. And what, are, know, yeah, well, we, what are the lessons? That's what I'm asking. Well, the lessons were that we, we I, to, firstly, I suppose, as a society, we had never colonized. We didn't have the history that yeah, lots of other yeah, societies yeah. had. We could have created something very new here. We could have created a model that, you know, others had looked and said, God, look what the Irish have done. Look how they reimagined. And what would that, know, model, what would that model be? Well, as I said to you, it would be much more strategic thinking. It would be positive, continuous actions. You know, as, as, listening to a video this morning by Simon Sinek, some of your listeners I'm sure will know him but he said how do you prove to your wife that you love her you know and it's not a, it's not a one action it's not a one event mm-hmm. it's a continuous mm-hmm. process and it's the same with our society that it's about continuous processes of understanding migration and the influence the, the impact and the influence of migration but also it's not just about migration it's about cultural hybridity and it's you know the children of the children are the children of the people who came here mm-hmm. 20 25 years ago like Regina who see themselves, yeah, you know, yeah. as Irish as you and I, that, you know, so it's not about them. You know, it's mm. about all of us and how this influences all of us as people. And how was your, um, how was your son after Thursday? Well, look, he went down there the same as everyone else, and thank God for, you know, for, yeah. for people with blue lights that they do that for us. They yeah. went down there to represent us as a society and to make sure that we can walk the streets. You know, all of those people who responded, all of the blue light people yeah. who responded and the you know the council workers and whatever afterwards. So they're there to represent you and I, Joe. Well, was it not nipped in the but, bud? Like, are we catastrophizing Thursday? It's awful, it's awful, and it's 100% awful. 
for the for the victims at at uh, half one. It's a hundred percent awful for the guardie that were seriously there's a guard that's seriously yeah. injured. People are forgetting this. Yeah. Yeah. It was a hundred percent awful for people who were injured and people who were beaten up. It was a hundred percent awful for the shops and the retail workers. But it but it, it looks like it was nipped in the bud. Looking back on it now. We had, we had, despite the portents of doom and gloom on Friday that were flying around here and everywhere else on Friday afternoon and people, not from here, but people being sent home early from the doll, people being sent, this is Friday, people being told not to go into the city centre, the city centre abandoned by people. I presume a lot of people were worried about how to get home if they did go into the city centre. Mm-hmm. But like, thank God, nothing, nothing happened. Nothing, nothing when when you say nothing happened, you know what happened happened. If, if, yeah, I'm not if you sure. Yeah, me, but, you yeah, know, yeah, that, the yeah. incidents happened, okay. and as you say, the, you know that they were dealt with in the way that they've been dealt with so far. And please God, there won't be more of it. But what's the the remnants of it? What's left behind doesn't disappear. Like the thinking that causes this in the first place. Mm. These this thing didn't happen in isolation. It's it's like a critical sequence of events. You know, that these things build up and build up. And if they're checked, you know, at, at various stages, when we've opportunities to check them and to deal with them, you know, but, but but if we don't do that, if we don't get much more strategic about, you know, who we are. Okay. And what does that mean and how this influences the world that we live in or the, the country that we live in? But the best, um, the best, you know, the best, the best quote I, the best quote I heard over the weekend, it was either Evelyn Leclerc or Richard on the business on... On Saturday, um, and one woman said, "Listen, there's no one, there's no one living in this country from Mars. We're all from planet no. Earth. We're all, we're no. all one. No. We're all from planet Earth." Anyway, I've got to take a quick break, David. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Well, so we're looking for uh, people with fascinating hobbies. And a hobby means something you don't make money out of necessarily. You haven't done it. You haven't taken it up to make money. Are you an amateur watch repairer? Why would? Why do you love it? Are you uh, an amateur uh, collector of weird and wonderful things that you've never told people about before? And uh, one man... One man this morning apparently said he's an avid collector of street signs. Believe it or not, don't tell Dublin Corporation. He says he's an avid collector of street signs. OK, that's from Friday's programme. Joe at rt.ie. It's the simplest email. Your, your uh, self-published book, Just Mark, self-published. Uh, staple, staple your details to the, to the book. Your full details, name, address. Uh, not your PRS, I know. Uh, PP, not your PP. Uh, name, address, and uh, contact details, and there'll be a little blurb about the book as well. And we'll do our best to give it a good mention uh, on their self-published books week just before Christmas. Mark McGrand Sound, BCO Shane Galvin, producer Tara Lockery Grant, and Ray Darcy's next. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3:15 p.m. Or email Joe at rte.ie. 